back to another episode of Nose on the Wall. I'm Justin Reed. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Nose on the Wall. Send any comments, feedback, suggestions to Nose on the Wall Podcast at gmail.com. And if you can, like, rate, subscribe wherever you get your podcast. It really does help the growth of this show. Uh, today, I talked to an old college roommate, Ian. And uh, we, we go back to some of our, our uh, Florida State memories. Um, and we also uh, get to take a peek into how he, as a teacher, is impacting his students' lives and, and creating the very memories that we talk about on this show. Um, I had a good time, and I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Without further ado, my friend, Ian. Hey, bud. How are you? Hey, Justin. We're good. How are you, man? Doing all right. West Coast life is cold now because we're moving into winter. Oh, God. I don't even know what winter is. That's true, Mr. Florida. We have summer and nighttime. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no. Sarah's gotten me into skiing the last couple years. So we've got our ski trips already planned out for for the season. Yeah, no. We're we're into it, man. Last season, I skied, I think, like 15 or 16 days which is um, like nothing for like true ski bums, but compared to the zero that you did, it's quite a bit. Well, yeah, I mean, especially for Florida native, you, that's a lot mm-hmm. of days. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so much fun, man. Um, when, whenever we get you on the West Coast, if you ever make your way out here, we'll have to take you to some of the slopes up here and, uh, and get, you, get you on the mountain. That would volcano, be really I should cool stay out here. trip is to go out there because I've only been those couple of times for, for Chiefs to California, and that's it. Right, right. It's completely different. It's it's green is the main difference. It's green and a little less uh, uh, self-involved of all the, like, the Hollywood life. Right. Um, well, recently right. I understand it's been a, also a lot of red because it's been kind of on fire. Yeah, it has been a little bit on fire. It was, I <laughs> remember bit. I... I remember when it first started, um, when the fires were predominantly in California. Uh-huh. I like I looked out the window and I was like, "Sarah, it looks a little yellow outside." Am I like, am I? Because it kind of looked like there was just a a like a photo, um, like a filter, like on the world. Right. It was really bizarre, and I was like, "Am I, am I seeing this right, or am I having a stroke? Like, what's going on here?" <laughs> and, and and um and then over the the course of the next several days, it got you know darker we didn't have like that blood red that like san francisco had yeah that'd we be just really had scary. this like we just had this like smoky haze that just like set on us uh-huh. um and for a couple weeks we had the worst air quality in the world wow um, which i mean it you would walk out and it would you could like taste it gross you know, like, it would it felt like you were like walking into a barbecue without getting to eat barbecue yeah not the good sad. kind of barbecue no <laughs> <laughs> No, but now it's it's cooling off and back to normal. So, well, that's um, good. Like I said, ski season's on us soon, and I'm I'm pretty stoked since we we didn't get to actually have a summer, right? Uh, at least I get to have a winter, right? Yeah, you get something. So, um, but jumping right into the essence of what we do here at Nose on the Wall, uh, some questions for you. Are you ready? Yeah, let's go. So, for listener context, Ian and I were college roommates at Florida State. We uh, we both grew up in the like Tampa area in the same small suburb of Brandon, mm-hmm. and um, I left 
uh, when I was like 10 or 11. So we never actually crossed paths as kids. But well, I guess did, we must have because we actually went to the same elementary school for a little that's while. That's what I was about to say. You were at uh, Kingswood, right? Right. Yeah, I was there until I think it was it was either halfway through third or fourth grade. Hmm. I'm trying to I'm trying to remember my teachers' names. I had Miss Muggy for kindergarten. Okay. And then I had Miss Polk for first grade. Then I remember I, that I had Miss Porter for first grade and then Miss Porter for second grade. There were two, and mm. I had both. And then, oh really? Yeah. <laughs> um, I can't remember my second grade teacher, and that's when I left. Was uh, that's when I moved to uh, to Beavis Elementary, um, right next to Butthead uh, Elementary. Oh yeah, it was, <laughs> it, it was the feeder school. Gotcha. Oh, sorry, Butthead Middle School. Butthead Middle, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we uh, we never actually crossed paths crossed paths as children, but then we landed at Florida State together both as, as little saxophone players um, and we were in marching band and all that fun stuff. And um, the, the first year in the dorms was so much fun together that we, along with two other guys decided to, uh, to shack up in Seminole grand, which was the, how would you describe it? Um, you know, it really, it wasn't bad. It was your kind of prototypical college living. I'd think, you know, it was like a kind of a mediocre, like actual place to live, like the mm-hmm. actual physical structure of it was meh. But I mean, it was pretty close to school. You know, it was certainly reasonable price and all that. So it was a good place to live. We 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 had a lot of fun there at twenty one fourteen. Yeah, we did. <laughs> you remember when we found uh, the voodoo doll in the couch? Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, yep, yep, yep. That was, um, yeah. I was playing uh, GameCube, and I. I like to sit long ways on the couch, but I was too lazy to hold up my arms, right? So I took one of like the back cushions from the uh, from the couch, and I just like laid it on my legs so it would hold up my hands for me. And yeah, and I felt like a lump in the pillow. And um, you were home with me, weren't you? Was I that, was. Am I remembering that right? And yeah. like I inspect the, I, I open up the the couch cushion, and I pull out this like dark blue voodoo doll with pins and i'm like i'm like what the hell is going on and i like yeah i think i like called you over and i was like holding it like ah what did we name what is this um consuela consuela that's right we had it it was over gabe or taylor's room like door yeah i had that weird little like um we had like a fire alarm like brick type of thing oh that's right it was sitting on that and we just kind of put it up there and um yeah and then uh, over summer, uh, I think it was Gabe, maybe it was you. I don't remember. Someone like was in the the Panhandle of Florida, and uh, they found this little like wooden doll, and mm-hmm. uh, they brought brought him home. We named him Consuelo, and that was uh, Consuelo's Latin lover. It would make would, sense like, if it was me, since I would be up over in the Panhandle. But I don't remember having brought that. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, good good times, good times. Yeah, yeah the voodoo doll was nuts. Um, I wonder. And that's the moment when we thought, hmm, maybe this isn't such a great place to live anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it's haunted. And there's voodoo. Um, <laughs> um, but pivoting into the questions, you know, you you're a you're a fun loving silly guy, so I'm gonna keep these lighthearted for you and just get you get you reminiscing. You ready? Perfect. Let's go. What was your favorite birthday? Hmm. 
my favorite birthday? Um, you know, that's tough to answer. We didn't ever do anything like super special for my birthday. I never had like big birthday parties or anything like that. Right. Um, I don't remember how old I was. I was probably 10 or 11 and there was a, this Creek down in uh, Arcadia where some of my family's from. Mm-hmm. And we spent the weekend camping out there, and that was a lot of fun. So I guess that would be a good one. Was that like a regular trip that you guys would do? Like- uh, we did for a little bit, and then we, we hadn't gone since. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, well, if birthdays weren't like a big thing in your house, did you have any other holidays that were like the talk of the town growing up? Um, our big ones were always like Thanksgiving and Christmas. Okay. Were the big ones that we would celebrate. Right. Right. What were your, um, what were the, the traditions around there? Um, so like disclaimer, some of my childhood can be a little bit messy because my parents got divorced pretty young. So, um, it would also be very different depending on who I was with for that year. Cause usually Mm -hmm. what we do is, you know, I'd be at like one place for, for a big holiday like that, or we'd find some way to split it or something. Um, I know one of the big things for Thanksgiving was just, my family that would come from Arcadia would never be on time ever. You know, we'd <laughs> right. have to tell them that they'd need to get there at noon so that we could eat at five and still be oh late. Oh yeah. That was one of the big things. Were, was your family Cuban by any chance? Because I had the same thing. Oh, not at all. Actually. We were the whitest people of all time. <laughs> <laughs> God. Um, yeah, we had my, my grandfather, my dad's dad, mm-hmm. we had to do that same thing. Like it starts at two. So we got to tell him it starts at 10. Right. And because specifically we had a Thanksgiving, um, I was probably like 10 mm-hmm. and, uh, my grandfather was responsible for bringing the turkey. Okay. And dinner was to start at 4 PM. He showed up at 11 AM or PM. PM. Oh my God. Hold on. With a frozen, Turkey. <laughs> Bruh. It's not even that, cooked. Nothing. Not even thawed. That's terrible. What are you what are you expecting to do with that? I don't know. Throw it in the oven, just microwave it. I don't know. Um <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> yeah, no, he uh all of the all of the my, my dad and aunts and uncles and everything, they were very upset with him. And uh he effectively he ruined that Thanksgiving. Way to go. <laughs> um so any any uh any any uh, like holidays ruined by family members or any any get-togethers ruined by family? Hmm. None really ruined. I mean, if if you'd ever met my any of my extended family, especially like mm-hmm. on my mom's side, you would wonder if I was adopted sometimes. And so <laughs> things that might well just were so different. <laughs> it's such a okay. different universe over there. And, you know, things that might ruin it for other families are just so par for the course for us. And what do you mean? So, you know, how everyone has like the one like crazy uncle that shows up drunk. Right. Yeah, that's all it was my. Oh, gotcha. That's just just how they are. (laughs) That's just. (laughs) So you're just you're just a uh, you're just a kid surrounded by drunks. Pretty much. Yeah, kind of. There's some of that. (laughs) <laughs> how how did that dynamic um shape you like as a kid were you like actively against alcohol for a while or like what did like what did that do for your development 
being in that environment? Um, I mean, I don't know if I, I was actively against or for it, but I mean, it was just something I was exposed to a lot. So it was just very normalized. I didn't think too mm. much of it. So that like normalization, did that, um, I don't want to phrase this, like, did that make it super accessible to you or did you identify it as like not the best environment and like try to steer clear of it? Like when you got into, you know, drinking age? Um, yes and yes. So, cause like it could have certainly been really, really accessible if I wanted to, but you know, I'd seen both, both sides of that, how it could be, you know, something like fun, you know, that you can use in a social setting and then also something that can really be gone too far. Right. Um, so I guess I'm glad that I did have that perspective of it because it, mm-hmm. it kept me very grounded with it. So then when I did get that age, you know, I could, you know, partake in a responsible way to where it wasn't anything that I needed or anything like that, you know, and I have right. all the power over it as opposed to the opposite. Gotcha. Gotcha. So it, it kind of showed you, uh, that it needs to be balanced is kind of what I'm getting for sure. Yeah. I'd gotcha. agree with that. You, you, you saw the imbalance. Yeah, I certainly did. You know, that, you know, would, that was kind of a, a big vice of my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was something that I could see, you know, a lot of the, the negative of it kind of growing up. Sure. Sure. When, when you think back to, to growing up, is there anyone that you wish you could get back into contact with from your childhood? To get back into contact with, um, Not too much. I mean, there were some really good friends, you know, that would be fun to get to see again, you know, just hear how their life has been going since then. But I, I don't know, they're kind of like those friends where, you know, even if you don't see them very often, or you don't talk to them a whole lot, you pick right up where you left off. Right. You know, and right. so, you know, maybe that'll happen sometime down the road. But I mean, a lot of the people that I really, you know, connected with and really had a good re- relationship with, even if it's not terribly often, you know, we still keep in touch, you know, I still get to see them every once in a while. And so a lot of the people that really meant a lot, I still get to, I still get to do that with. So I guess there's not really anyone that, that I don't already get to anyone that I would say we do. Right, right. So did, when it came to the, when it came to the people that you um, have kept in your life up to this point, um, are you like, who's the, who's the, um, the, person that like facilitates keeping the friendships together are you the one that's reaching out are you being the one that's uh reached out to like who's the who's the glue i guess is the the source of the question um it it depends on who it is uh usually it's probably a little bit more me but for the most part it's actually i think fairly well balanced that's good you know because just at this point you know we're, we're getting to be adults and life is, is hectic. Life is busy. We're doing a lot of things. We're spreading ourselves in a lot of different directions. And so it's not mm-hmm. anything personal. You know, we get it if we can't always talk. And either one of us, when we can, you know, we'll reach out and we appreciate it. Right. It's kind of like that, um, uh, the John Mulaney bit where he's just like, he's like, it's not tonight is the night and we only have tonight. Right. <laughs> it's like, tonight's no good. How's Wednesday? <laughs> oh, you're <laughs> exactly. out of town on Wednesday. <laughs> I guess I won't talk for eight months. <laughs> That's right. That's exactly right. Then you repeat the process when you do. Mm-hmm. God, that that brings me back to um, 
our our Mulaney watching days in the uh, in the apartment, oh and that God. was like that was like the rite of passage. If you were to hang out at our apartment, you had to watch and enjoy. That's a very big part of it. Oh yeah, and enjoy appropriately. John Mulaney's new in town. <laughs> you weren't allowed to be our friends if you didn't like John Mulaney. Like Did if you, you actively disliked him, that told us a lot about you as a human being. Right, right, right. Did you have any, um, like, were you, uh, like, a comedy fan as a kid Oh, at hugely, all? hugely. Who Which are the... makes a lot of sense for, I guess, who I am now, because this everything is, I, I always try and be lighthearted and, and make a joke of everything, and so I just, right. I just loved that. Right, who were, like, the, uh, who are the big names that you think back when you're uh, from, like, childhood comedians? Oh, jeez. Um... So I watched Comedy Central a ton. Mm-hmm. So there were a lot of different ones, uh, like the uh, like the ha- the half hour specials that they would yes. do. Yes, yeah, gotcha. see all of those or like Last Comic Standing or you know anything mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that. I would watch a lot of that. Um, anytime that they'd have like the Comedy Central roasts and they'd have like twenty of them on stage, and I would watch a lot yeah. of those and things like that. Um, I, I like the uh, political satire shows you know with like john stewart oh, yeah, and john Stu- yeah, yeah, yeah. they're hysterical in their own right um my especially like my mom's side of the family is very um southern and so i, I grew up watching a lot of like the blue collar comedy tour so it'd be like jeff foxworthy mm-hmm. and larry the cable guy and yeah stuff. yeah yeah so i thought they were great um larry actually has a new special coming out next month does he really and uh, like th- around thanksgiving time <clears throat> um so just to keep an eye out on that, huh. uh, I think it's on Netflix. Okay. So. I haven't watched any of that in years, so I, I wonder if it's anything that I'd still be into or if maybe I've, I've changed taste, but I'll have to check it out and see. Sure. You know, that, that I would say your tastes probably have changed because, at least from my perspective, mm-hmm. I was a big um, uh, Jeff Dunham kid. Oh, that's right. right. You know, that's another name that I was really into. I got to see him mm-hmm. live once even. Yeah, and... and uh, I did too, and that's kind of what what uh, I was gonna bring up is uh-huh. I for my twenty first I went out to Vegas uh, with my parents, which was a really fun trip. That sounds and, like, yeah. Uh, oh, it was a great time, and we saw Jeff Dunham in Vegas, and I got to tell you, I didn't like it. Really, I didn't like it. There was something about it, and I don't know, just my my like comedy taste shifted away from like the prop comic stuff. I don't, I don't know. Um, but he was huge when I was, a, when we were growing up. Right. Right. Like from, I'd say like as early as when we were like 12 or 13, like he was like the name for sure. Well, I right. remember having a Jeff Dunham shirt when I was in like eighth grade. Mm-hmm. It had mm-hmm. peanut on it. <laughs> that's a little, that's a purple one, right? With the yep. little green poofy hair. That's right. Um, and, um, yeah. And no, we saw him live. And it just like didn't sit well with me. Huh. Like it was it was moderately funny, but I was expecting him to like hit him to kill. And he just didn't. He just didn't. And right. my uh and I think maybe this is because my 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 tastes got very specific. Mm-hmm. Um because I I started to lean more towards like the long form uh stories. Right, which is why, yeah. Well, John Mulaney, 
it, yes, but even more so um, like Mike Birbiglia, if you're familiar with that name. I know and, the name, but I haven't really watched a lot of his comedy. Oh, my God. Basically, so Mike Birbiglia, uh, Mike, uh, excuse me, Birbiglia, um, Mikey he, B. Mikey B, <laughs> he and Mulaney and Nick Kroll and all those guys uh-huh. all went to Georgetown together. Okay. And so Mike was the oldest of them, and he was the first to bring Mulaney on tour. So Mulaney oh. would open for Mike Birbiglia. Okay. Um, and if you listen back to like old, like mid 2000s specials of Birbiglia's to like Mulaney's, um, uh, the top part, like his first recorded album, uh-huh. um, you can hear the direct influence of Birbiglia on Mulaney. Um, but yeah, so people in that lane and then on like the way more vulgar side of it, like the Tom Segura's and right. like that, that whole uh, group, him, Burt Kreischer, like those guys. I, um, I love those two as well. Yeah, well, I think you were the one that actually turned me on to Tom Segura. I got that from you. Oh, really? Yeah, we watched the special when we were in Seminole Grand, and I thought it was hysterical. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and it's just something about I like like the the say something disgusting but with a straight face, right? Because like, that was at least when we were like eighteen, nineteen. Like that was that was my style. Like, how outrageous can I be, but but make it appear that I'm being serious and nonchalant about it? Right, yeah, and, absolute um, shock value. Oh, absolutely. And um, that was, uh, uh, I got to practice my stand-up to you guys, um, just in my day-to-day, just being, um, what's the word? An asshole, I think is what it would be. <laughs> <laughs> Appropriate sometimes, uh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it got me in trouble a couple of times, but yeah, uh, eh, we all moved past it. But um, like but that. anyway, point being, like, yeah, my my taste changed quite a bit. Um, and uh, yeah, those those a couple of names still stay with me, like Gabriel Iglesias. He's still oh, that's right. He's he's, he's still super funny. Uh, um, but yeah, no, it's 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 interesting how uh how those how those shift. But definitely listen to to Verbiglia. He's okay. Got, like, four netflix specials so there's plenty to choose from oh perfect uh, um his latest one called the new one is mm-hmm. probably one of the funniest shows i've seen period it's so good it's so good i'll have to check uh, them out a quick word from our sponsor anchor anchor is the one-stop shop for all things podcast production from creating editing distributing uh, monetizing your podcast all of it is easily done from anchor's comprehensive platform um, if you're thinking of creating a podcast, I'd highly recommend it. That's what Notes on the Wall is uh, produced and distributed by. For more information, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. Now back to the show. But but I digress. Um, so pivoting back into questions for you. <laughs> um, what, if any, what okay. bad habits did you have as a kid bad habits um well in general i was kind of, i was pretty lazy i was pretty lazy and i'd procrastinate a lot mm-hmm. uh and that that definitely got me in trouble a few times i remember actually it was like fourth or fifth grade might have been fifth it was only like the third or fourth day of school and my teacher like i had forgotten one thing like i needed to get a sign form then i forgot it you know and right she came down really hard on me for that. 
And, you know, she said like, oh, yeah, you're so lazy. Yeah, you're not ready for fifth grade. And like that really stung because, I mean, that's just kind of what it did at the time. Yeah, I was just a kid. You know, I just figured that's just kind of what you do. Um, And and so when she said that, it was like that that stung a lot. And so I would be a lot more aware of it at that point. But it's it's still stuck with you. It's still stuck to me today. Right. You know, that's that's a big thing is just, you know, finding some motivation to overcome that because if not, you know, that's kind of my MO. Like if I don't have to do anything, like I probably won't, I'll get some random bits of motivation, but, but that's all I got. So that would be a big one. And then just like in general, just pretty dramatic kid. How so? I just, I don't know, very theatrical. Maybe it's a lot of like, Again, you know, some of the stuff we were talking about, the comedy stuff, where they'd just be super over the top and be really over the right, top right, right. a lot of things. Um, and so I just make a bigger deal out of things that didn't need to be, just in general, all the time. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, having lived with me for two years, there's a big shock, right? <laughs> <laughs> you had your moments. Yeah, you definitely. Moments. Uh, but we all did. Uh, right. I, I definitely, I can relate to that. I was a pretty dramatic kid, too. I, I remember right. um, it was sixth grade, I think, and I was in my, my pre-algebra class, uh-huh. and um, we we got our final report cards for the year, so we like wrapped up sixth grade, uh-huh. and I got an, I got an 89 that, that quarter. Oh, right? no. And, but here's the thing. I still had an A for the semester, which is what impacted your GPA. It right. wasn't the quarter grade, right? So I right. still still technically had like a 4.0. And I'm 11. Like, you really shouldn't care about this. But I, because I got that B+, plus, uh-huh. I took my report card. I When I got off the bus, I went straight to my room. And I had a, a, a trundle bed, like a day bed type of thing. Okay. So I had the mattress underneath it. Right. And this just to show how dramatic this truly is, I pulled out the trundle crawled underneath my bed and wouldn't come out because quote i'm so stupid i don't deserve to be outside of this room <laughs> i relate to that so hard i would do that exact sort of thing <laughs> like i can't even be seen because i'm just so ashamed of myself what could i right, possibly right. have this for but just the 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 need to pull out the extra mattress to then go hide it wasn't enough just to like hide under my covers on right my bed. or just in your room away from the rest of your family yep yep and i was crying and my mom was like dude you still got an A for the semester, like calm right. down. I'm like, yeah, but I got an 89. I'm stupid, and I'm not gonna get to Harvard. And blah blah blah. And it's like, dude, I didn't. You're I, 11. They relax. don't even yeah. look at these. These don't do <laughs> anything. Yeah, no, I'm not gonna be applying. They'll be like, we see you got an 89 in Q4 of sixth grade in pre-algebra. Mm. Want to explain that to us? Yeah. <laughs> well, it was really hard section. We were doing X's and Y's that time. Oh, buddy, we got <laughs> Z's here at Harvard. Oh boy. <laughs> And if you can't uh, even handle the X's and Y's, I mean, why should we take over little Stevie over there? He can even do Q's. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember there's another time I was probably like seven or eight, and I don't even know what prompted this, but I got I got in trouble because I don't I don't know I did something some I was a kid I did something kiddish, uh-huh. and um I I uh, I locked myself in my room, but not before writing a note and taping it to my door saying i'm an idiot leave me alone i would never <laughs> want to come out again i'm like i don't i don't like 
<laughs> I don't know where that came from. And it just I was so I was so harsh on myself. Right. In such a in such a dramatic fashion. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just like something so small like that that especially now when we see it in the grand scheme of everything, like means nothing. But it was like the world was crashing down on us in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. I just think that's so interesting because especially now as a teacher, you know, I'll look at my kids and I'll see the way that they act, you know, and the way that they like oh, treat themselves. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just really think it's like, what, well, why the heck was I that way? Like who, you know, treated me a specific way or who spoke to me a significant way like that. I, that's just what I internalize and how I thought about myself. Cause right. you know, I just try and really be careful with that because especially, you know, with younger kids, they don't really have a lot of self-awareness yet. Sure. And so then pretty much however it is that you talk about them or to them or anything like that, you know, they start to internalize that. And then that's kind of the thing that becomes their identity. And, you know, you can really set the stage for them that way. And so I just always really, you know, try and think about that. Right. Being a teacher, how does, how does being, you're in uh, high school, right? Right. So how does being around, you know, arguably one of the quickest developmental stages of, of you know, someone's life, um, like, how do you, um, how do I want to phrase this? How do you like reflect on your experiences, like through theirs? Like, does when they're going through those hardships, mm-hmm. does that make you think of your own? And you kind of, you you answer this, but I'm I'm really like curious about specifically like how you use your reflections to help them get through their hardships? Uh, So it definitely, you know, makes me reflect a lot just because, you know, I want to try and be sympathetic as much as I can and not trying it, which helps me since I'm, you know, I'm, I'm pretty young, you know, my high school seniors, I'm not all that much older than them. You know, they probably got siblings older than me. Um, And so it's, it's a little bit easier, you know, to kind of put myself in their shoes because it wasn't all that long ago that I was that age and I could see it, you know, so that helps me, you know, kind of rationalize why they'll do things or why they'll think things. And I just kind of trying to think, you know, when this was me, when, when I would have something similar that I would do, or I'd be going through, you know, what was it that I needed, you know, and then how can I try and provide that for them? And so it definitely helps me, you know, be a lot more sympathetic towards them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it just, I, that builds a lot of trust between them and for me, you know, which sure. just helps in everything, you know, because then when I need to, you know, maybe be hard on them or something like that, or, you know, I need to demand a lot more from them. You know, they, they understand that it's coming from a place of goodwill, you know, sure. sort of a deal. And so they're, they're willing to do that for me and it, and it works out in both ends. Sure. How careful do you have to be? Um, like, where's the line from being a teacher to like overstepping what the parents should be doing. Like, where's that, where's that line in the sand? Um, that's a really good question. You know, I don't know if it's somewhere that I could specifically say, like, I, I will do this much and I can't do that. Right. Just Cause I feel like now, even as opposed to like when we were in school, you know, there's a lot more things that would typically be expectations of parents that are placed on teachers. Um, and so there's some more things like that, that we have to do. Um, but just at the end of the day, you know, I, I'm not raising these kids, you know, I get to see them for a few hours, five days a week, uh, with us run on alternating blocks. So maybe not even that might only be two or three days a week. Um, 
you know, and I just kind of have to understand that there is only so much I can do, mm-hmm. you know, and so, you know, I do as much as I can to try and get them to be a good human being. But if, if it only, you know, starts and stops when the bell rings before and after class, you know, that's, that's about as much as I can do, I suppose. Right. So but, just, just be positive in their life and whatever they take from that, they take from. For sure. Yeah. And if, you know, sure. if they want to reach out and if they, you know, are seeking more, you know, within, within reason, I can, I can do that if that's something that they want and that they're comfortable with. But I mean, I'm not like housing kids or feeding them or anything crazy like that, you know, but I mean, I guess it's, I just kind of provide a, a, a space for like for self-expression, mm-hmm. I guess would be the most that I would do. And I kind of help, you know, put them in a spot that they can kind of learn who they are and, you know, as much as I can, because for those listening, I teach high school band and, you know, as much as I can through what I teach, you know, I try and put them in a position that they can use that to their advantage. So like maybe a kid, you know, could be really good in a leadership position just based on stuff like that, you know, and that's an opportunity that I can give them to do something. Or, um, you know, if it's a kid that's really, really shy, you know, I can, you know, put them in a musical role that can, you know, like slowly work them out of their shell or something like that. Um, Or uh, something that I'm doing this year is actually some of my lower achieving students, I have them paired with like a brand new beginner has never played an instrument before. And, um, you know, they're actually really rising to the challenge because, you know, they've got that extra responsibility to take care of them and make sure they have what they need. And so they're having to do a lot more on their own. And so those kids are starting to, to really do better on that. And so that, you know, those are some things where I can, you know, help them become better humans that I do have control over and I can do. Right. That's really, that, that, that last one's really interesting because I know, I think it may be Einstein who said it like to truly have a mastery over, you know, whatever field or information, um, the way that you, uh, the, the, the way that you most master it is being able to teach it. For sure. So that's, that's a really interesting concept because where I thought you were going with that was I have my low achieving students and I pair them with my high achieving students Mm -hmm. because I've seen that model quite a bit. Um, right. And not necessarily just in the arts, but just, you know, just in general. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of in like a tutor type of situation. Mm -hmm. Um, but that, that is interesting that rather than that, you chose to empower the low achievers to take it upon themselves to master, you know, relatively speaking it's high school music but mm-hmm. um but master their quote craft to pass it on to this next uh i guess g- generation cohort whatever you want to call it yeah um this next group yeah and then that's that's really neat i'm curious how that uh in the long term what that what that turns into yeah i'd like to see that too especially just this year i have so many true beginners in my uh my younger ensemble. I've got kids, mm-hmm. you know, freshmen, sophomore, juniors that are trying something out for the very first time. Gotcha. Do you still have those um those scores that I bought our freshman year that I that I uh kicked over to you? Mm, which ones? Oh god, I can't even remember the names of the pieces. Um there was uh oh, Rise was one of them. Yeah. Yeah, the good old Cawthon Wind Ensemble, my yeah, debut maybe. conducting experience. Um, <laughs> Which every freshman there seems to do every year. It's yeah, like an unspoken but, rule. But only so many actually have a performance. Right. 
<laughs> um, but yeah, there was Rise. There was oh goodness. Um, you know, I don't know if I do. If I do, they're buried somewhere. Somewhere, in a pile right. of stuff because especially now I've accumulated so many. <laughs> sure, I'm so far removed from that world mm-hmm. that it's it's really insane. I um, like I sold off all but my tenor. Um, so I only wow. have the one saxophone still. Um, well, yeah, because I wasn't playing them, mm-hmm. right? So I sold my soprano um, when I was moving to Cincinnati because we needed the money to move. Right. Um, and I wasn't playing. So so that was just kind of a means to an end. And then my alto I sold to, I think he's still at FSU. He was one. He was a kid that I taught when I was doing some some like marching band tech when I was still down in Florida and um, he ended up uh, applying for and getting into the music therapy program up at FSU. Nice. Um, and he was a, a saxophone player. So okay. I was like, okay, well I'm not using this and you needed actual, he had like a, he was borrowing a, a school uh, horn. Right. So, um, so I sold it to him, you know, relatively inexpensively and, you know, got him, uh, got him set with a, a, you know, really nice, instrument to get him started at fsu Mm -hmm. so that one i was just like you know this is in better hands now um and then i still have my tenor because that that one has a a special place in my heart right well i'm glad you have at least one because that's similar to what my dad did Uh, my dad was a musician as well and uh he he did community college as music and he just couldn't pass algebra so he was like Mm -hmm. a credit shy from getting an aa um, but then after that, he went and was in like a jazz fusion band for a little while, but then they broke yeah. up and he was like super disenfranchised with it and sold everything but his alto and then didn't touch it for the longest time. Right. But then because he had one, that's what I chose to play when I was in sixth grade because I was like, oh, is oh. that right? Yeah. I was like, well, we won't need to go rent an instrument. We already have one of these. So I'll just use that. Nice. And so and that that's turned what... out fairly well, I'd say. Yeah, you have a career in it now. So that's yeah. pretty good. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. <laughs> um. Was your dad like a dad joke kind of guy? Like, what's his what's his vibe? An exaggerated version of me. He's just a huge goober. <laughs> a huge goober. Yeah, he's the biggest thirteen year old I know. Right. What are what's your first story you think of when you think of your your goobery dad? I don't know if I can point to like any one story. It's just like his general mannerisms, all of his little idiosyncrasies. Right. I mean, because right. you've met him and. It's one of those, you spend 10 minutes with him, and you're like, oh, okay. I get it now. <laughs> he just, like, if I had to describe him in a word, it would be chuckling. He's just Why do you like, say that? Um, well, my experience with him was, I mean, it was only brief. He was he mm-hmm. came up um, just for, was it like overnight or a couple of days or something? I don't Something like that, you know, for a weekend. Yeah, and we were just kind of like sitting on the couch, and he was just kind of uh not giggly that's not quite the right word but like just kind of like content and happy uh-huh. and smiling and he would like chuckle just kind of periodically right um so um and like i only had the one one or two interactions with him yeah, yeah. over the years but you know thinking back to it yeah he was just kind of a chuckly man and uh just kind of yeah lighthearted and and you know kind of brings the light into the room right He's always big on that. You know, he, he was a big fan of all the comedy stuff, too. And as a kid, you know, mm-hmm. growing up, he loved cartoons, comics, all that sort of just Anything funny. 
Sure. What were your um, your go to uh, cartoons growing up? I was very much a Nickelodeon kid. Oh, sure. Um, and part of it was because my mom put that channel on, and it's the only channel number I remembered for a little while. Right. It was just like, little... I know 43, so I'm going to yeah, watch 43. It was 36. <laughs> it was 36. And so I, I watched a lot of the old school Nickelodeon stuff. Yeah. I loved like Hey Arnold, um, Rugrats, Cat Dog. Um, Jimmy Neutron, Fairly Odd Parents, of course SpongeBob. Mm-hmm, the goat. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of those. So those were those were all my favorite stuff. I was I was such a big Fairly Odd Parents kid. That was my jam. I wish I had and Fairly Odd Parents. Oh my gosh. I you look back to I was watching just recently, um, like the first five minutes. On, it showed up on like Facebook or something. Uh-huh. Like like when we were introduced to Cosmo and Wanda. And it was like the first five minutes. And oh my God, it's so different. Like you look back on the first episodes from, you know, 1997 or whatever. Uh-huh. And you're like, wow, it changed so much just in the time that we watched it as children. Right. From like, like even an animation, just the animation standpoint. Yeah. From the animation to like the voices. Because like you, I think of uh, what I think of like Fairly Odd Parents, I think of Cosmo as like just kind of like the bumbling idiot husband fairy. Right. Right. But if you like think back, or if you watch back to the first episode, he's like this smooth talking kind of fella, and yeah. it's completely different from what you uh, what you remember. Right. But that's how they started him. Interesting. And, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so yeah, it's fun to kind of like dip your toe back into to those old shows. Right. Um, I was also a big uh, Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy on Cartoon okay. Network. Um, that and like. Uh, Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. Mm-hmm. That was that was a a, a staple. Those were your in jam, my house. Huh? Oh yeah, I was. Not too many of my friends were Cartoon Network kids. Um, everyone was on Nickelodeon or Disney. Right. Yeah, and, those were the big three. Um, and I think a lot of parents were like, "This Cartoon Network stuff is not wholesome," <laughs> right. so they like banned it from their house, and that's fair. I well, suppose. especially because of like Adult Swim. Right. You know, if you were right. watching it late, it would get really not wholesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I know. So I, I floated primarily between Cartoon Network and and uh, Nickelodeon. I was a big, oh goodness, what was the show? It was like a game show on Nickelodeon with like the, the temple of something. Um, oh, I know the one you're talking about. I can't think of the name oh of it. Oh my God. Oh my what's gosh. It called? I want to say uh, it's like Temple of Doom, but that's not right. That's, yeah, no, no. That's, Nickelodeon. Oh my god, I can think of it. I can like see them doing it. Another big one was like Uh, Slime Time Live. Legends of the Hidden Temple. There. Oh, that's it. Yes. Yeah, they would have their like uh their single color like T-shirts for each team, and they'd like run through like a Chuck E. Cheese uh, (laughs) uh like Jungle Gym, but it was all like decked out like an Aztec temple. Right. (laughs) <laughs> that was that was a good time for me. What else was there? Um, yeah, Legend of the Hidden Temple. Uh, you already meant like Cat Dog was. I feel Cat Dog was pretty underrated. Oh, definitely. I feel it got overshadowed. That was by, a like, great the one. The SpongeBob's and and whatnot. Right. Um, but 
Um, just kind of thinking to the uh, like the channel thirty six was Nickelodeon. Mm-hmm. Like that would be so strange to try to communicate with kids now. Um, I know it's just such a different medium. So much of it is streaming, and so much of it is YouTube, and right. Right, so kind of leading into the next question, what's something from your childhood that will seem really strange to future generations? Hmm. Yeah, so I was just like commonplace, just, you know, is what it is when we were growing up. That is like completely unfathomable. Well, I mean, because we grew up right in the early rise of the internet and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So even something like, you know, going on AIM. You know, see when your friends are on AIM when you get home from school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like dial up where you can't be on the internet because your mom needs to use the phone. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> or things like LimeWire, you know, which there's just like such easy, commonplace solutions for now. You know, like, what do you mean you'd get all these crazy viruses downloading music illegally? You can just get it off of YouTube or Spotify or iTunes or right. you know, any of these number of credible sources now. And it's like, no, that's what we had to do. It's either that or you just had that big booklet of CDs. Yep. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I I think, I mean, just the, the, to your point, like how everything's streaming nowadays. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know if you did this, but I would spend hours like burning CDs and making my playlists on iTunes and everything. Yep. And like, that's just not an experience that. Even my brother, who's only four years younger than I am, mm-hmm. has. Right. Well, technology just advances so quick. You know, that's yeah. what would be a big, like, decade-long thing is it's condensed now to just a couple years. You know, right. as it gets faster, it's not even that. You know, we have so many big fads just over the course of a single year. Yeah. Yeah, or I think, too, when, um, like your your uh video game consoles would like only work on a certain channel channel like you had to switch to channel three exactly (laughs) yeah where now it's all the smart tvs and they just hit like netflix there it is (laughs) or this the fact that you had all of the like the rca cables you had like the red yellow and white ones where now it's just Mm -hmm. hdmi and that's it yeah Yeah. i used to have because we would have like two you know we because we obviously keep the old ones so we'd have a nintendo 64 Right, and then we got like the Nintendo GameCube, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I'd, I'd still want to play both. And so we got one. It was like this little thing that had like multiple RCA ports that we could put, you know, both systems onto it. And then we hooked that up to the TV. Yeah. And you know, you would always have to go to channel three to use that thing, but then you could like switch the like A or B, you know, depending on which. Oh, you gotcha! Use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a little switch on the actual like little middleman thing, a router, I guess you call it. I don't know. And uh, just that I, by yeah, itself seems archaic now. <laughs> right. Right. I, I spent so much time behind a TV oh as a God. kid. Me too. <laughs> Unplugging wires and God forbid they got tangled. Right. And you're like, I don't know if this is the Xbox or the Wii or whatever. Oh my God. The Wii coming out was a revolution. Right. It was this crazy thing and it fizzled out so fast. Yeah, God, I remember like Wii Sports was the shit, man. Right? I remember Wii. That's the best game that's ever come out, like with the console <laughs> right. or anything ever. Yeah, I remember I, um, my grandpa would, let's see, I was probably like 10, 11 maybe. Uh-huh. Um, so he was, 
comfortably in his seventies. Okay. Um, he challenged me to Wii Sports boxing, <laughs> and I was like, "This is a video game, old man." You get let's to virtually beat up an old man. I was like, "Let's let's go." Uh, it's a video game. He's old. He doesn't know how this works. Right. What I didn't know is that he was a uh, a recreational boxer growing up his whole life. So, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, when you play Wii Sports boxing when you're ten, all you do is like basically have a seizure. Yeah, and you like, just stand punches and you don't just block spit. or anything. Exactly. And he's just there. He's got his guard up and then pop, pop, pop. And then I was like, I'm knocked out. What? What? Because like, I was about to ask, like, how well did the actual real life skills of that translate to the game? Oh, my God. He kicked my ass so easily. <laughs> and then he kept, he was just like, we're going to bet a dollar on it? I was like, <laughs> no, because you're going to win the dollar. <laughs> they don't have a dollar, Grandpa. I'm 11. Yeah. God. What was your first, like, um, your first experience with money as a kid with money. Um, so my dad would, and I I say this with trepidation because I remember people would always talk down about these kids, but like he he would pay me for good grades for a little while there. Oh, okay. Um, and, but that was actually like, cause again, I was saying I was so lazy. That was a big motivator for me. Right. Because then it's like, oh, I can get this super cool thing. Um, So that was probably the first thing. Um, And then I would do some like little kind of odd jobs as well. Like with my stepdad, he would get like a random job working construction at this place. Right. Right. And he would take me with him and he would let me actually like earn an hourly wage there too as part of work. He's like, you're going to do good, honest work and you're going to get an honest payment for it. I'm like, okay, that's cool. I can do that. Um, and so I would do like little things like that, or I would do, I would like mow lawns or something like that. So I can try and and raise money, which when you're like 10 doing this, you're trying to buy like Legos or, right. (laughs) You know, the new cool video game that you Mm -hmm. really want to get. But that, that was probably the first in a real experience with it. Right. What was your first big like purchase that you got for yourself? Um. Yeah. Again, actually, speaking of video games, I got Guitar Hero. Ooh, that was a big one. Well, because you had to get like the whole guitar controller and everything, mm-hmm. so it was like eighty or like a hundred dollars. You know, it wasn't yeah. your typical forty, fifty dollar game. So I, I had to save up for it for a while. Yeah. And yeah. then I got it, and I was just so pleased with it like i was i just thought it was like the best purchase ever because i was just so into it for such a long time right right yeah that was a the guitar hero phase was a good one right um i remember my brother would play guitar hero the strangest way he would like lay the guitar like flat in his lap and he would like he just would have each uh finger like on a color button just like flat but kind of like playing it like a piano and then his right hand would then do the, he would like you know to strum but he would just like click forward and backwards right rather than up and down it was the strangest thing and he was so much better than i was doing this weird <laughs> unconventional method huh um really bizarre yeah, really maybe bizarre he was really onto something like, there he was just like it's more comfortable i just like it this way <laughs> how do you do you man if it works for you yeah well that was my my brother's mo was like how can i be comfy and he would go through to, to great lengths to get as uh, it, on as much pillows and under as many blankets as he could in any situation. That just seems like really hot now. 
especially down, <laughs> down in Florida. My, yeah. Well, this is also my brother um, never sweat. It was the strangest thing. And he would wow. be he was like that middle schooler that would wear like a, a hoodie in the summer, like to school, like in August. He would start his, uh, okay. his school year like all decked out in, in jeans. Was he and the hoodie and shorts kid? No, hoodie and okay. pants. Whole he there was no skin except his face showing, and right. um, and he's like, I just don't sweat. I'm fine. I'm comfortable. I don't sweat, and I'm like, this is gonna catch up to you one day, and um, that day was his uh, freshman year marching band camp. Okay. Yeah, because he was a tuba player, oh, so no. he's in you know block doing you know they're doing like basics or whatever, just you know standard eight to fives and whatnot. Right. And um, I was, I happened, I had graduated. I was, it was the summer before our sophomore year at FSU. Mm. I was teching at the school that he was at. And I go over to him and he is drenched. And I was like, how you doing? And he goes, I think I sweat now. <laughs> I was like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> what gave you that idea, man? Yeah. I mean, he's just like, I don't think I'm going to wear sweaters anymore. <laughs> and how, wait. And that was when he was like just starting, right? Yeah, yeah, it was his first like August before freshman okay. year band camp. Yeah, because I was about to say he's like that was junior senior year, and he's just coming to that revelation. Like, what? What yeah, you no. what you doing, baby? Yeah, no, that was that was a that was a good moment. I felt very validated then. Um, right. I mean, what what sort of crazy stuff do you see your kids do in like band camp time? Like, do you see like sweaters and like I had uh, you know McDonald's for breakfast and like all that sort sort of stuff? Yep. Yeah, that's usually the first day, and then <laughs> come Tuesday of band camp, a lot of that's already worked itself out. Because you'll have the kid that'll show up in jeans, oh, God. and or they'll show up in you know their really nice Jordans, and mm-hmm. they can't possibly crease their Jordans. Man, it's like no kid, you're <laughs> gonna roll with that. <laughs> if it kills me, you're gonna. And you'd have the kids who would have a whole like they'd you know pound a monster before they got there oh good god oh well no wonder your stomach hurts you know they'd have a bowl of cereal that's swimming in milk and you got to see it on the pavement or something (laughs) every year every year without fail i never had Uh, any there was one year it was like the second or third year i was doing it yeah Um, one of my band parents she was a registered nurse and so she god bless her for it she would plan her two weeks vacation around band camp oh so my that god that's so nice outside with us and make sure any kids that needed attention you know could get it which like oh my gosh that's like the nicest thing i could ever imagine anyone doing like right you're you plan your whole your years two weeks vacation around band camp so you can you know take care of kids who just didn't take care of themselves that's just so selfless and we we nominated her for like school volunteer of the year and everything for it, but uh-huh. anyway, so yeah. it was like the second or third year, and they're doing their thing. I, I think I had like sectionals happening, and my my mm-hmm. kids were running stuff, and I was going over to her, I'm like, you know, we haven't had any kids pass out or throw up so far this year. This is amazing, and within five minutes, <laughs> like three of, kids, what, they all drop. Oh yeah, like oh well. <laughs> There it was. God, yeah, kids are kids are something. I know, um, man. That's that's the whole point of this show is just kind of pointing out how ridiculous we all were, and oh apparently how ridiculous they still are. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, we don't grow up very much, you know. 
we will do, you know, some responsible things because we have to, but then any second that we don't have, you know, of, of having to do something like that, we're right back to being big old 10 year olds again. Oh yeah. Um, well, we, we got to start wrapping up. So I've got one more question for you Okay. and then, and then I'll let you go. Cool. Uh, when, when you are old, what do you hope children will ask you to tell stories about? Hmm. I think it would just be cool if they would ask me to tell a story about something in general. You, know, <laughs> you just they, want someone they, to talk to you. <laughs> if they still gave a damn. <laughs> no. Like, what would you care about 90 year old me? Wouldn't you just think I'm like some weird, senile, decrepit old man or something? I'm so glad that a 10 year old wants to talk to me. Um, yeah, the, what's funny about that is like, it's, it's, uh, it's like not a deep answer, but it also kind of is. Yeah. You're like, I just want someone to talk to me. Like, oh, right. Well, that's just kind of scratching the surface, but really, it's like we ignore the elderly and all this. Like, right? Really yeah, serious, we'll shove like, them off in a home because we don't yeah. want to have to take care of them or whatever. It's like that's terrible. Oh my god! Yeah. But yeah, that'd be cool. I mean, I guess anything really. You know, I'd just just be happy to get to share anything that I've I've learned or have been able to see. I guess it would also just be cool if they would ask me of when I was a little kid because. I mean, we're talking now, we're both like 25, you know, and we're talking how much different it is already, especially sure. God, think of when we're like 70, it's got to be just a completely different planet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that oh, would be I, so I funny. I mean, yeah. Think of people who are 70 now, well, they would have been what born 1950 it was a mm-hmm. slightly different world. Yeah. Just slightly. I, mean, I talked that... to my grandma who was born in 36. I'm like, Oh my mm-hmm. gosh, such a different mm-hmm. world. I mean, yeah, I mean, this, you think back to like that time and when, you know, people that are, are grandparents now were high school age, they were seeing the civil rights movement. They were seeing mm-hmm. all sorts of crazy stuff. Uh, not Which to say the civil so rights movement was ago. crazy. Not, 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 not what I mean. Um, but I guess you know, just significant thing. would be maybe significant. Thank you. Yep. Um, so yeah, no, just thinking, you know, fast forward 45 years um god who knows where we're gonna be so right um god well i guess we have more reflecting to do don't we <laughs> yeah we could we could do we could do another episode sometime yeah well I'm, I, i'd love to have you back um when when we have more more memories and i'll have to curate some more questions for you because you you were ripping through them it was like a lightning round at the top here with you right well um, i guess maybe that's a good and bad thing of being a teacher is i've i've kind of been forced to become more concise that's fair. Say That's a lot fair. by saying a little. Yeah, I had um, uh, Raleigh. Uh, do you remember Raleigh from yeah, FSU? Yeah. Uh, I had him on a couple episodes back, and I'd just be like, so what do you think? And then he had 15 minutes of platform. Um, so oh, wow. <laughs> going from going from that to, did you enjoy your childhood? I did. All right. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Uh, it's just like it was – because the thing well, with my childhood was... Well, you've been conditioned to answer a lot of questions rapid fire from all your students very quickly. Yeah, you know, because we can't take a, a huge detour. we got 10 minutes left in class, so I have to do this whole big right. thing and pack up. <laughs> right. So, but I no, guess, but, like, the uh, thing with my childhood is just, like, there wasn't a lot of um, consistency. So it was just, like, a bunch of random stuff, you know? So if you're if you're asking something, like kind of broad or general it's like i have a hard time you know coming up with one big thing It'd just be a bunch of like right. little random things maybe 
Sure. Well, and that's that's kind of what's what the whole the whole point of the show is that you know no mm-hmm. no two experiences are the same at all. But there are some commonalities. Right. There are some you know general themes that then have little branches of of difference. Um, mm-hmm. And like obviously, there's no one answer. There's no right way to be brought up. There's no wrong way. Um, so it's just I think it's super interesting to get everyone's perspective, and then that that's why we're here. And I. I very much appreciate you giving me a whole hour of, of your weekend. And, Absolutely. Uh, I mean, it's I, that I, or I can sit there and watch FSU continue to be beaten down. So Are they still losing? I, I don't know. I haven't been watching for a little bit. It was, it was, it was like 21-7 when I gave up. It was 31-14 <laughs> when I gave up for this. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. Oh, we were at least there during the glory days. We really were. You know, I, I didn't realize how much I took that for granted. 29-0 yeah. and 0 and two more to go. and then and then we uh and then we left and then they're like how about we do a winless season at least we'll try to shoot for it and then accidentally win a game and uh right oh we accidentally got into a bowl yeah i know (laughs) (laughs) oh um but yeah no i i I appreciate you and uh i i miss you guys very much and um i'm excited to see you guys next year for your wedding um and I'm sure I'll talk to you before then, but oh, absolutely. Um, but and thanks for uh, having me, man. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, of course, of course, of course. So I will give you the rest of your day back. And uh, again, thanks, and I love you. I love you too, buddy. Talk to All you right, later. Take, take care. <laughs>